1: Experts say the White House's plan to eliminate student debt isn't dead yet.
0: When Nancy Pelosi is saying this is a violation of the separation of powers, I think the Supreme Court needs to pay attention.
1: Attorney General Merrick Garland testifies before the Senate that the fentanyl crisis has been unleashed on purpose by cartels. it's an epidemic that's been unleashed on purpose by the Sinaloa. Rail workers claim Norfolk Southern is trying to take advantage of the derailment in East Palestine, Ohio.
2: These guys worked at the derailment site. They were really worried.
1: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Mike Scott. Some law experts are saying that the Biden administration's Supreme Court lawyer may have saved the president's $400 billion student loan forgiveness plan from what most believe to be a certain defeat. Solicitor General Elizabeth Prologer, who represented the White House, was inundated with praise for her arguments before the high court. Perloger argued that the president was acting squarely within the law to avoid borrower distress during national emergencies, and that the plaintiffs were unable to show how they would be harmed by the policy. That is a requirement to establish so-called legal standing. Six states, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina, had brought one of the lawsuits and the other was backed by the Job Creators Network Foundation. Jenna Ellis is host of the Jenna Ellis Show on the Salem Podcast Network and says the cases before the Supreme Court are about the separation of powers.
0: Our constitutional separations of power is at stake in the twin cases of Biden versus Nebraska and the Department of Education versus Brown. So both of these cases are are challenging Joe Biden's uh, Secretary of uh, Education and the Department of Education's plan to cancel the student loan debt that is reaching potentially up to a trillion dollars.
1: Ellis explains the reasoning behind the White House's argument. Before the court.
0: So, how did the Biden administration actually justify this? Well, this was under what was called the HEROES Act. So, the HEROES Act granted the Department of Education in the wake of 9 11 to, quote, waive or modify any statutory or regulatory provision applicable to the student assistance programs when the secretary deems it, quote, necessary in connection with a war or other military operation or national emergency, unquote. So because the HEROES Act does include that term national emergency, then the secretary of uh, the Department of Education then justified canceling student loan debt.
1: The Salem podcast host breaks down what she feels is the real question behind the cases.
0: So the deeper constitutional question here is not just whether or not we like student loan forgiveness or we are opposed to student loan forgiveness. The constitutional question here is, can a member of the federal executive branch justify and make such an important decision as a $400 billion spend on student loan forgiveness uh, without Congress authorizing it and under a pretext of a so-called national emergency.
1: Ellis points out that Representative Nancy Pelosi has strong opinions against student debt forgiveness.
0: When you have the then Speaker of the House in your own party saying this is a bridge too far, when it is the Democrats who are always on the activist side and power-grabbing side, when Nancy Pelosi is saying... This is a violation of the separation of powers and wanting to make sure that she retains congressional legislative authority. I think the Supreme Court needs to stand up and pay attention.
1: Ellis believes that despite what some experts may be saying, the White House's plan to forgive student debt will be struck down.
0: These cases can really lay a lot of significant groundwork to diminish the impact of an overreaching administrative state that Justice Gorsuch has railed against, rightly so, for years. This is a wonderful opportunity, and I would love to see him write the majority opinion here in this case that will erode the administrative state from basically weaponizing legislative authority and running away with it.
1: Meantime, a U.S. Department of Education official recently warned that the public health crisis has caused considerable financial harm to student loan borrowers. Virginia lawmakers in both the House and Senate agreed to a measure that designates fentanyl as a weapon of terrorism, which increases penalties on those who intentionally distribute it or manufacture it. This comes as Attorney General Merrick Garland sat before the Senate, answering questions on a variety of subjects, but the hearing zeroed in on the fentanyl crisis that is gripping the nation.
0: Attorney General Merrick Garland testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee today for the first time in more than a year. The AG facing questions on classified documents, Hunter Biden, the southern border, and fentanyl.
1: Reporter Blake Berman breaks down what was said during the grilling. Garland admitting that there is a lot more that needs to be done. It
3: took just minutes into today's Senate Judiciary Committee hearing for the focus to turn to fentanyl. Questions from both sides of the political aisle over how the Justice Department is responding. The Attorney General Merrick Garland pointed the finger directly at the Sinaloa and Jalisco cartels for exacerbating the fentanyl problem inside the U.S., but also said Mexico's government needs to further step up. According to the CDC, the number of fentanyl deaths in the U.S. last year topped 110,000, nearly double from just two years before. The attorney general agreed with Senator Lindsey Graham that sentencing guidelines might need to be strengthened to act as a potential deterrent for dealers. The White House, though, would not say if President Biden would support such a change, nor would they back the possibility, which Garland embraced, that top
1: cartels could be designated as foreign terrorist organizations. During the questioning, Garland said that the fentanyl crisis was deliberately unleashed in America. It's a
2: horrible epidemic, uh, but it's an epidemic that's been unleashed on purpose by the Sinaloa um, and the new generation Jalisco cartels.
1: Garland also seems to be open to the idea of designating drug cartels as terrorist organizations.
2: Uh, The cartels that are uh, creating these pills uh, and that are distributing them within the United States uh, are are the most horrid individuals uh, you can imagine.
1: Meanwhile, Matthew Pottinger, a former deputy national security advisor, also testified before the Senate committee and says that ultimately to tackle the fentanyl problem, China must be taken into account for their role.
4: Only a few years ago, China was shipping fentanyl uh, directly into our Markets or into the black market uh, using the mail. Uh, the U.S. made progress during the Trump administration in, in turning back that and also getting China to classify fentanyl as a controlled substance. But what has now happened is that the Chinese state owned firms and other companies governed by the party state in China are sending the precursor chemicals in mass quantities to Mexico and and perhaps a few other markets, but primarily Mexico to the drug cartels to create fentanyl that then washes into
1: our streets and kills tens of thousands of Americans each year. Pottinger explains how Chinese organized crime is playing a pivotal role in the fentanyl crisis here in the U.S.
4: The best that you could say is that the Chinese Communist Party is practicing malign neglect in allowing that business to continue. Uh, They could stop it if they wanted to. And that's been the judgment of uh, many DEA and FBI officials, former officials. Craig Fowler, an admiral who uh, commanded uh, Southcom for us, also pointed the fact that Chinese organized crime has become the number one provider of uh, illicit money flows, money laundering flows. And that has fueled the fentanyl trade. Uh, in, in the US. So there are things that we need to do to, to really go after those illicit flows of, of money. Uh, and and th- that means updating our know your customer laws and anti money laundering regulations for banks so that they can identify Chinese organized crime activity and Chinese United Front activity in that in that area. Uh, for starters, sir.
1: Meanwhile, the attorneys general for 21 states have sent a letter to President Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken to ask the administration to declare Mexican drug cartels as terror organizations. The state attorneys general who say that designating the cartels as terror groups will grant state and federal law enforcement more authority say it will freeze cartel assets and they'll press for tougher punishment. Republicans are vowing to block a new D.C. law that they say goes too soft on crime. Daybreak Insider Capitol Hill correspondent Bob Agnew has more on this story. In the words of Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell, crime in the nation's capital is out of control. Washington, D.C. has already seen about three dozen homicides in just the first two months of the year. And McConnell says it's all because Democrats and their supporters have decided... It's more important to have compassion for serial violent felons than for innocent citizens who just want to live their lives. McConnell describing D.C.'s new crime law is going, in his words, even softer on crime. Bob Agnew, Capitol Hill. On Wednesday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and other Republicans introduced the Parents' Bill of Rights as part of the GOP's education agenda. McCarthy said the legislation will empower parents.
4: We want the parents to be empowered, and that's what we're doing today, that you have a say in your kids' education, not government, and not telling you what to
1: do. Congresswoman Julia Letlow of Louisiana explains what led lawmakers to author the Parents' Bill of Rights.
0: We did the right thing, right? We went to our school boards and we voiced our displeasure, but we were turned away. And some of us were even labeled domestic terrorists. That was absolutely not right. And so that was the impetus for this bill.
1: Congresswoman Erin Hochin of Indiana says the House must pass that Parents' Bill of Rights legislation.
0: Kind of amazing to me that we even have to have a bill because this seems like the schools should be doing this anyway. But we did realize during COVID that our kids were learning things and being exposed to things that that parents uh, were shocked by.
1: According to a new report, a union representing Norfolk Southern workers alleges the rail giant is trying to use the East Palestine train derailment to win changes to track inspection regulations. Union rail workers are accusing the railroad company of offering up paid sick time in exchange for losing their objection to expanding the use of experimental automated track inspection devices, reducing the use of visual inspections by employees. Union workers also allege that maintenance employees working on cleanup after the train derailment in East Palestine were not given adequate personal protective equipment as they worked to clean up the hazardous waste. Peter Kennedy is director of strategic coordination and research for the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way employees and says...
2: I believe that there are some railroads that are trying to really evaluate where they're at in this industry and where they want to be. But that being said, nothing can really change in this industry until you get Wall Street, who's hijacked this industry, out of railroading. We're not railroading until we can get Wall Street out of this. They're the ones that are pushing all these cuts.
1: Jonathan Long, general chairman for the American Rail System Federation, explains that while union members aren't necessarily against the new track inspection technology, they are wary of using it alone because there are things that machines just can't see. We don't have an argument to say that they could use this type of equipment, but also I'd like to say that we still want our members to perform those visual and um, other types of inspections that the ATI uh, equipment that can't, detect, such as uh, the surroundings of the track. Yes, it can pick up uh, defects in the track, things such as that. But there's so many other things that the equipment cannot detect. Kennedy goes on to say that many union workers who are cleaning up after the derailment at the site in East Palestine are concerned about the chemicals that they have been exposed to.
2: I think uh, that that's accurate to some degree. The railroads have been in history for a very long time and they functioned just fine long before the hedge fund takeovers about seven years ago. So I don't think Wall Street has any real business and railroading, but that being said, you do have to have business to keep the railroads going and the workers keep the railroads going and we want there to be business and we wanna do a good job. But we want our folks treated uh, very respectfully, and we want to know that they're safe, and they want to know that they're safe. These guys worked at the derailment site. They were really worried. They're very concerned. Their families are concerned, what they're exposed to, if there's going to be any long-term effects. This is a real issue, and their safety is important.
1: Paid sick days were a central issue in contract negotiations between rail unions and companies in 2022 as unions threatened a strike. Drug maker Eli Lilly says it plans to cut prices for some insulins. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more details on a story that may impact someone you know. Starting in January, the federal government started capping the cost of insulin through Medicare at $35 a month. President Biden mentioned it during the State of the Union address. Let's finish the job this time. Let's cap the cost of insulin for everybody at $35. Lilly says it will cut the list price for its most commonly prescribed insulin, Humalog, by 70% in the fourth quarter starting in October. This could mean relief for people with diabetes who face annual costs of more than $1,000 for insulin they need in order to live. Lilly says it will immediately cap monthly out-of-pocket costs at $35 for people who are not covered by Medicare. Ed Donahue, Washington. Searchers have located a long-lost legendary Great Lakes ship that met a tragic end more than a century ago. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason takes a deep dive to the bottom of Lake Huron to get more on this mystery. Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary officials say they've located the Ironton, a freight schooner that plunged to the bottom of Lake Huron in 1894 after colliding with another vessel in rough seas. Reports at the time said the seven-member crew scrambled into a lifeboat, but it was tethered to the ship and pulled down. Five crewmen died. Underwater video shows the well-preserved Ironton upright on the lake bottom with the lifeboat still attached. Rich Thomason reporting. And finally, a giant insect that thrived around the time of the dinosaurs and was thought to have disappeared from North America has been found on the side of a Walmart. Scientists report that the giant lacewing had not been seen in eastern North America for over 50 years until it was snatched up by Michael Scavaria director of Penn State's Insect Identification Lab.
3: A giant insect plucked from the facade of an Arkansas Walmart has set historic records. The Paula punctata, or giant lacewing, is the first of its kind recorded in eastern North America in over 50 years, and the first record of the species ever in the state. The giant lacewing was formerly widespread across North America, but was mysteriously extirpated from eastern North America by the 1950s. This discovery suggests there may be relic populations of this large, Jurassic-era insect yet to be discovered.
1: While there is still no indication as to why the Jurassic insect found its way to a Walmart, some theories suggest that, like most other bugs, perhaps it was simply attracted to the light on the side of the building. Scientists are excited to know that the insect has avoided both extinction and detection. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.